0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Big day today. Big fan of the guy who's on today. Tracy Letts is here. Uh, he's a playwright and actor. You might know him from uh, the most recent film, Lady Bird. He plays uh, Molly Shannon's husband on that show, Divorce. He was in, uh, he was in uh, The Post. Let's us here. He wrote. Uh, he wrote. Bug. He wrote. Killer Joe. He wrote. Uh, August Osage County. He's. A, I love the way he acts. I. I. I feel like I know the guy, and it was great to have him in here to talk to him. It was. It was nice. It was. It was fun. It was familiar. I. It's weird when I get it in my mind that I know somebody. I act like I know him, and then either it takes or it doesn't. That's my style. If I think I know you, I'll try to. I'll try to. I'll try to impose that on you. <laughs> and I and I did that. I did that with Let's to some success. I must say, I feel like we're close. I feel like we're friends. I feel like we could hang out. Feel like we could talk more. I also feel like I'll never see him again. Maybe I'll see him at an award show, which I did see him at an award show. I saw him at um at the uh, at the Critics' Award show, and then we talk about I we I talk about my problem with approaching people at award shows, and it yields something at the end. So there's a tease for you. Something went down. You know what I'm saying? Do you? How about an email? I got stories, I got things. I got comedy to do in a few hours. New York moment, subject line. Hi, Mark, just wanted to let you know I love the show. Like a lot of people our age, I'm 53, I've dealt with a lot of demons, ups and downs in my life, drinking too much and gambling on sport and in the biggest casino, the stock market, on an upward arc now. Saved marriage, curbed the boozing, stopped the gambling and working out on a regular basis. This leads me to my WTF moment. I'm working out, getting my sweat on at the local Equinox when this big dude asks to work in with me on a machine. I'm about 40 minutes into the workout, and your interview with Tanahasi Coates, which I'm really enjoying. I look up and there he is standing in front of me working a set of reps. I blurted out, you're Tanahasi, and you are talking to Mark Marin right now on my phone in the garage in LA. Suffice it to say I calmed down, had a chuckle and a nice chat with the guys we worked out. Classic WTF New York moment. Keep up the good work. love the show. Well that was that's fun, man. I, I, good for you, Matt. I'm glad you got to meet that guy. He's a good guy. Oh, there was another email here that I thought was pretty funny. It was actually really ridiculous and funny. Uh, Where would that be? Where would that email be? Oh, here here it is. Here it is. Mr. Groover. Mr. Groover is the subject line. I woke up early this morning and decided to finish listening to your interview of Laurie Kilmartin. At some point, you all began talking about Tim Robbins, and several times you both mentioned his role in Mr. Groover which was directed by Clint Eastwood. I'd never heard of this role or this movie, so I did what I often do while listening to your podcast. I began to Google it. I finally gave up when I couldn't find any movie with Tim Robbins or Clint Eastwood with the the name or character, Mr. Groover. My (laughs) My husband and I have often discussed how when we listen to your podcast, we find ourselves going down rabbit holes looking up stuff on the internet. So when he woke up, I told him about my frustration in searching for Mr. Groover, Uh, and and coming up with nothing. I finally said the only movie I could find with Tim Robbins and Clint Eastwood was Mystic River. He looked at me like I was crazy and said, don't you think that's what they were saying? (laughs) It took me a minute, but it ends up that Mystic River sounds a lot like Mr. Groover when you say them out loud. I felt pretty stupid, but was glad to have the mystery solved and we had a good little chuckle over it. I thought you would too. Uh, We both love your podcast. Thanks for providing us hours of meaningful entertainment and for sending us down many rabbit holes. Peace, Lisa. Uh, Mr. Groover. Okay. I've been trying to get exercise. I'm I'm trying to work off the craft services that I indulged on uh, in the last couple weeks of GLOW where I didn't give a fuck anymore. So I've been uh, wanting to exercise. I've been wanting to run. Uh, my, My chest has been a little tight. The air has been a little shitty. But there are some hikes nearby to where I live now. I, and I didn't really know the hikes, but I went up to the the place where they are. I went up to the park and um, I lit out on one of these hikes and I thought I was going in the right area. This happened fucking twice, two different areas. Like I went up one hill and then I'm like, this is, I remember this being the hike and I just hit this sort of strange dead end and then, uh, and then I went up another area and I went up there and then I, I found myself in a wooded zone going up a steeper than seemed right incline with not any new footprints around. And as I went up, I smelled the stench of rotting flesh. I swear to God, I smelled death up there. I didn't know what it was. It de- it smelled like a decomposing animal of some kind up on this in this slight slight clearing, but densely kind of weeded area up this incline. And once that smell hit me and I saw there was a drop off on the right side where something could have fell down there, but I didn't see anything. But it was that moment where the panic overtook me. You can't even walk outside now you can't not I guess you can but I was by myself I was in a new place a new park there was no one else on the trail and I smelled rotting flesh and it could have been a person but did I go did my curiosity take me up there did I say you know if that's a dead person up there that could be missing for a while maybe I should go up there check it out and report it if that's the case did I do that no I did not Uh, I made the assumption it was probably an animal. Uh, If it was a dead body, uh, I couldn't help that dead body. Uh, And if it was an animal, I didn't want to be next, but to be taken down by whatever killed that one. So without even doing any exploration, I ran down the hill in a panic and then that panic spread. And I didn't know if I was going to get, just jumped by a mountain lion or just the, the guy with the knife in the bushes. There was the, the sort of broad mountain lion guy in the bushes with a knife panic that one gets on a hike. I turned my, my, uh, my music off and I'm just scrambling down this hill and something must have clicked my music on in my pocket because Elvis Costello's Beyond Belief just started out of nowhere and I screamed out loud, like I don't want to say a little girl because I don't want I don't want to be negative about little girls. I screamed out loud like a man who screams like you would think a woman might. Is that diplomatic enough? And then I realized it was a song, and then I turned the song off, and then I just took caught my breath, put the shuffle on, and then Shine a light by spiritualized came on as I walked into the setting sun out of the hike. So it had a happy ending, an uplifting ending, as a matter of fact, though there was a lot of shame involved in the hike itself. So that was an experience. And then I went to another new experience. I wanted to see if I could get fish for my cats. My cats have been enjoying these freeze dried min- minnows that I bought at the pet store for too much money. And I thought, can I just get that at some sort of Asian supermarket in bulk? Don't they have freeze dried fish minnows that the uh, Asians use in their meals? And I've seen that, I think. I think I've seen that in Chinatown. I know there's this place called uh, the fish uh, Seafood Market, I think. It's right over here in Eagle Rock. I believe it's a Filipino market. But uh, I went in there, and you just have that experience. They just had tons of fish, man, all kinds of whole fish, fish heads. They had oysters and clams. They had things in tanks. They had a couple of bins of unfrozen anchovies and smelts they had produce i had not seen before it was just all filled with the uh, uh, filipino people and i think some people from thailand and all the products seemed different and it was exciting that is the exciting thing about america is to go into a market that services a different community than you're from and go oh my god look at this thing oh jesus maybe i should buy a durian Maybe, maybe I need to try one of these. Look at the size of this thing. You open it up and it smells horrible, but it's really sweet. I've tried one. So I got some anchovies for the cats. They just scooped a big handful of raw anchovies, brought them back to three cats. None of them wanted anything to do with any of it. Monkey kicked it around, spreading the dead fish goo everywhere, stinking it up. So I threw those away, spent a dollar, threw it away but I did get to go to the Filipino market. That's my point. Anyway, I made a mistake. This is a correction. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned being at the SAG Awards and running into Chris Sullivan from This Is Us, uh, who was standing about 10 feet away from Robert De Niro, who was sitting down talking to somebody else, and I I doubled back because I wanted to try to say hi to Robert De Niro. I didn't really want to, but I thought I should. Because I was going to not, I was going to pass up the opportunity because I didn't know what to say. And I walked back and I saw a guy who I thought in, you know, I thought it was Chris Sullivan. And I introduced myself and I and, and then I asked him if he was waiting to talk to De Niro, Niro or or if he was just standing here by coincidence. He goes and he's guy, he's waiting to talk to De Niro. And I'm like, I'm not getting online. Yeah, but you know, it, it was just interesting seeing someone. I knew that that was what he was doing, but what I didn't know was that wasn't Chris Sullivan. It was Mike Houston. From orange is a new black so i contrived something there because they both i think they're both bearded and maybe lacking in the hair department but nonetheless i wanted to correct it because uh mike houston brought it to my attention on twitter and it was mike houston not uh chris sullivan and he didn't get to talk to him and that that's the end of that story now tracy Letts, folks uh, he's in Ladybird and The Post, both of which are in theaters now. He's also a playwright, many plays. He's been in many movies, and we'll talk about that. But we also talk about uh, talking to people or me talking to people at award shows, and that goes somewhere. All right, this is me and Tracy Letts. Mm-hmm. How you
1: doing, Tracy? I'm good, Mark. How are you? <laughs> are you adjusting? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. You, a, where's well, all your staff? Yeah, there's no staff.
0: <laughs> Where were you led to believe? Did, were you, did you just show up blindly? You had no idea what you were getting into? Uh, I knew that you uh, ran a podcast out of your home in... Uh, in Highland uh, Park? Somewhere That's, in... Uh... In LA, somewhere. <laughs> That's all you knew. Yeah, I, uh, I, I used to. I usually have a guy, but you know, there's no necessity for the guy because there. To be honest with you, I never know who's coming with who, and I and there's no place to put people, so I I used to have a guy just to make sure that people didn't start going through my stuff, so <laughs> in the house. But there's nothing in the house anymore, so oh, I see. Yeah, so it's just me. The garage remains intact because I haven't uh, I haven't moved yet. I don't know if it's nostalgia or or I'm just not willing to let go. But this is the original place.
1: This is your gig.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Now, see, now I'm hurt that like you know, none of the people that that you know who have been in here have called you and said, "Oh, Tracy, you gotta you gotta go over to Mark's house."
1: Nobody's done that. <laughs> I, in fact, it's, it kind of goes the opposite direction. I know. Yeah. Oh, why hasn't Mark had me on? Is yeah. that all my friends on? Did you uh,
0: say that? Yeah, sure. I've been trying to. I tried to get you on a long time ago. <laughs> but I'm a fan of yours. I, I you know, it goes back. I I like what you do. I feel like I know you. I don't know why that is. Well, You're one of those people. We're
1: roughly the same age. We are. We did you did- uh, We've had a long <laughs> slow steady climb
0: <laughs> yeah i think you know you've got a pulitzer so i mean there's a big difference in our success right i i'm hosting a, a, a podcast out of my garage and you have a pulitzer
1: yeah but you're on like three television shows and uh but
0: yeah but you're in movies i mean come you just i'm not gonna do this with you
1: because <laughs> yeah. because
0: you, you you won you won that one you you're you're but but you know we would took different directions yeah, I, yeah, we did, but we're not ours, we, on a on geographical level. We grew up in uh, I grew up in New Mexico, so part of my state I think hits the tip of your state,
1: Does Oklahoma.
0: It? Isn't yeah. the Panhandle doesn't that hit the corner of New Mexico? Maybe. See,
1: that's uh, that's, that's Western out of your, Oklahoma. That's, that's your. <laughs> that's not my. <laughs> that's not my beat. It's totally
0: different. <laughs> yeah. no, no one knows what's going on in Western Oklahoma. <laughs> you
1: know, Western Oklahoma is the flat, yeah, desert part. All oh, right, right, Eastern right. Oklahoma where I come from. The
0: Metropolis?
1: Uh, Eastern Oklahoma, <laughs> rolling hills. Yeah, oh that's right. That's yeah. right.
0: So th- you did grow up there, the whole the whole
1: Yeah, I was born in Tulsa and grew up in uh Durant, Oklahoma, a small town in southeastern Oklahoma.
0: So now I you know my sense of Oklahoma is is not great. Yeah. And I <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. And uh you know I don't know what yours is, but I mean you, how did you avoid the the pitfalls? Of uh, Oklahoma.
1: Well, I didn't avoid them. I, <laughs> I left. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I avoided them. I left. But, you know, the truth is that uh, my folks were academics. My yeah. folks uh, were English teachers, and I grew up around English teachers and, and English folks. departments. And Yeah, absolutely. They were teachers at the school? They taught at a small state college uh-huh. in uh, southeastern Oklahoma called yeah. Southeastern Oklahoma State University. That's right where they taught. But m- growing up, my dad was still pursuing his academic career so we spent a couple of years in champagne as he was getting his illinois you know, advanced degree yeah yeah uh-huh. he uh and uh let's see where else uh cape Girardeau, missouri he taught at southeast missouri state for yeah. a couple of years and uh, uh a year in copenhagen he was a fulbright scholar
0: how old we? are you and when you were in copenhagen
1: just just born
0: oh so I no recollection remember. yeah
1: no 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 impo- no, no imprint the, the folks who were from oklahoma were we're getting a little culture themselves. <laughs> yeah.
0: Are both your <laughs> parents from Oklahoma?
1: Yeah, they both were. Yeah. Wow.
0: I, you know, I just associate it with, uh, you know, uh, cowboys and genocide. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the roots of the state, there yeah. are actually great progressive roots in Oklahoma. You know, Good. Woody, Woody Guthrie's from Oklahoma. Right. Will Rogers is from Oklahoma. Sure. I mean... Yeah, uh, you know, there's. I know I'm I'm being ba-
0: ba- poorly judgmental. It's it's just <laughs> it, you know it's a wrong thing. I I've been to Oklahoma City. Uh, I know Wayne Coyne, who is the lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Sure, he's sort of a a, a fixture there. Uh, interesting guy. Seems like he's got an interesting world there. I'm not saying that it's not devoid of anything. I just don't. I rarely meet people from Oklahoma.
1: Well. I, I did leave.
0: Yeah. I left a long time ago. I know. I know. But it's it's like in you, though, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can see it in the, the Osage County play. You know, <laughs> yeah. that that's what Oklahoma is to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It doesn't end well. It does not end well. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> So what
0: what kind of your mother was a- English.
1: we're in it. We're doing this. We're in the interview. Yeah, what did you think was happening? <laughs> I don't know. It was just so seamless from uh <laughs> you know, stepping into the garage to you suddenly just, talking just, about Oklahoma. You just realized it? <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I'm known for
0: it. I'm known
1: for this. That's You've why You've been I, doing this a long time, yeah, haven't you? I, yeah. Damn,
0: you're a pro. I had the thing running and everything. <laughs> Turned it on earlier. We're going. But, like, uh, but so, you, well, obviously, it had a lot to do with your parents. Like, if you had grown up, you know, in a rodeo town, it would have been a different life for you. But That's that right. Was, that was not what happened.
1: The folks were, uh, they were readers. Yeah. The house was filled with books. And but your music. mom was a writer, right? She was. Both the folks had uh, second careers after teaching school. My mom... Uh, was a writer and pursuing that for a long time while she was still teaching school. And then uh, she got a book published, and then Oprah picked it up for her book club. Life changer. And it was a life changer. Mom She's a best-selling retired author. Retired from teaching school. My dad took early retirement and followed me into acting. I had taken up acting at that point. He'd always been amateur uh-huh. actor in community yeah. theater and college yeah. theater. But he started pursuing it professionally in his 50s and made about 40 films and TV shows. Worked quite a bit. Really? Yeah. You cast him, right? I did eventually, but I mean, he had already had quite a career by that point. I mean, he's in stuff you would know, like Cast Away. Yeah. I, I know you only think of Tom Hanks on the island, but- No, he was this, on the plane? He's in the- yeah. uh, There's a there's, there's a, a scene couple... like a Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving uh-huh. dinner or something. He's the patriarch at the head of the table in cast Oh, really? Away. Yeah, he did. He played a lot of sheriffs. Oh, after, and, after, after Tom Hanks comes home? Or maybe even before he goes. Like oh, really? Like the last time he sees- Helen huh. Hunt. So wait, so your dad's out here in Hollywood? Well, he, he th- they've both passed away. Both folks have passed away. But dad, he was doing, a, you know, they were making a lot of movies and TV shows in Texas at the time. So oh. he would drive down to Austin and Dallas and uh-huh. Houston. He'd drive all over the place to go to these auditions and book jobs. He did it. Yeah, he did. He became like a two- or three-line character actor. <laughs> he did, or or even sometimes a little more than that. Yeah? Yeah. Wow, that's He really... was really good. Yeah. I mean, I I'm wouldn't tr- have put him in Osage if he wasn't really good. He was, he was in was the really original good. cast of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and was he in the film, too? He's not in the film. That was Sam Shepard played his part? That's correct. Sam Shepard. You like Sam Shepard. Sure. Yeah. All right, so we'll get back to Shepard, because I... <laughs> I... <laughs> I felt like there was a, like there like I try to figure out like when I was in college or when I was watching plays and and thinking about writing plays and being in plays myself I think we we might have had the same trajectory had I not had I not taken the easier route and just being funny for people like had I had the confidence
1: yeah, to stand up that's a real easy route
0: yeah but it's very <laughs> impulsive you know you have a lot of control it's very immediate and you don't have to do much work if you do it right Right. But to write a play, you gotta you gotta believe that I thought we weren't
1: gonna compare like this. Mark. No, we're not. No, I, I've already admitted <laughs> we, we have both staggered blindly from one gig to the next you know, for our entire nomi- adult life. Right. And we're both nominated for SAG Awards. <laughs>
0: I'll meet you there. I did it. I got a nomination. I did.
1: Are you nominated for a SAG Award? Yeah. You're there tomorrow night. I am. What are you nominated for?
0: For my uh, I'm best uh, male in a comedy for glow.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: It came to me late, the, you know, the acting thing. It just, you know, it was always there, but it was never.
1: That's great. I, you know, I. It's.
0: But are you going to win? I don't think so. I, I, I find that hard to believe. That this late in the game, you that think I'm,
1: you've got a chance? Because if you didn't think you had a chance, your answer would have been no fucking way. Am I going to win that award? Well, I, you know, I,
0: I'm trying to be transparent here. But my ego would like to think I could win, but I don't know if I can win. I'm up against the Will and Grace guy and Larry speech. David and write a speech. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do it together? I, I, do you have to thank, like, I, you know, do you thank your agents for everything? I, I thought maybe I'd just thank the writers and uh, the, my co-stars and uh, uh, talk about, like, uh, I'm happy I bought a suit. Uh,
1: Acknowledge and, the other nominees. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. I'll
0: write that down.
1: Hey, you know. You got to write it, though. These people who get up and say, I, you know, I didn't think I could win, so I didn't write anything. Yeah. It's like, well, you put on the fucking suit. Right. You stood in the line with everybody. Yeah. You sat at the table. Yeah, you should so You put, really didn't think there was a possibility. Throw a couple things together. <laughs> uh, have you written something? No, because we're nominated for Ensemble, so I I'm, wouldn't be the one talking. I'm
0: nominated for that, too, for GLOW.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're in different categories, right? We won't be. Oh, yeah, because yeah, no, you're a TV.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, fine. You had to find a way. Just <laughs> shut me down. All right, we were on the same level there for a minute, <laughs> and now I'm on television. <laughs> I've seen you on television. You yeah, like television. I'm on TV too. Sure, but let's get back to my original point, which was you're doing the noble, uh, 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 literate creative pursuit you're a playwright
1: yeah no it wasn't like that (laughs) i went to chicago what uh, old i uh 20 years old
0: and now what what had you done before then acting wise
1: uh, I had gone to Dallas for a couple of years with my little headshot and resume, trying to get work. That I, was the
0: that was that was. Did someone misdirect you? Did you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was close to home. I, I want to be an actor. I'm going to Dallas. <laughs> it was 100 miles from home. I could go home on the weekends, and my mom would do my laundry.
0: So this is before you're like 20. This is in, in your late teens. Yeah. You go to Dallas. I
1: didn't go to college. I went to Dallas, headshot and resume, and tried to tried to work. Dallas, man,
0: I got no sense of that time, But that was like. So it still had a, a profile, it had some money still Dallas at that time. In the 80s yeah. they
1: made a lot of movies yeah. and TV shows in Dallas. They mm-hmm. were touting it as the third coast. They built right. this big goddamn sound stage out at Los Colinas and every year there was a Places in the Heart or a Right. Uh, right, they must
0: have. They must have give a tax break. Tender Mercies
1: every year. Oh, that yeah. kind of stuff was. Oh, what a great movie that is. Yeah, yeah, there was some great stuff happening there. So I went there, but you know, I didn't work. I couldn't get arrested. I worked in the theater a little bit, Fringe Theater in Dallas. Like what?
0: Do really Fringe Theater in Dallas? Yeah. Like Black Box Theater doing yeah. doing what? Doing Beckett.
1: When you coming back? Red Rider. Uh. Mark Medoff.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Uh and And the Glass Menagerie at Mesquite Community Theater. Ooh, how was that production? <laughs> It's all right.
0: Yeah. But you had no training <laughs> at that time? No, you didn't, no, no. You just winging
1: it? Pretty much. I mean, I had done some, I had done a, a year, uh, when I was a senior in high school, yeah. we could take classes at the college where right. my folks taught. So right. we did that, and did some shows. Right. But yeah, pretty much winging it.
0: So Dallas didn't, didn't, no show business dreams didn't pan out in Dallas.
1: No, and uh, a girlfriend of mine moved to Chicago, oh. and I didn't take the cue, so I followed her up to Chicago.
0: <laughs> that's always what is. I'm sure it's what she wanted. I'm sure she was thrilled. Like, oh, Tracy.
1: Strange, we're no longer together. But I followed her up to Chicago. You're the guy that stalked her. <laughs> I knew that guy. You,
0: <laughs> that's what she'll be saying at the awards show when she's watching it on TV. That's that guy is that do you know her still
1: uh i know who she is okay. but we don't keep in touch
0: yeah. <laughs> not since the restraining order
1: <laughs> so i went to chicago yeah. i fell in love with the city i fell in love with the theater yeah. scene in chicago i'd never seen anything like it how
0: did what would how did it start because like i just talked to Lori. like it's sort of been a mystery to me how steppenwolf started you know this mythic place of you know anger and, and creativity and uh you know, and then, like, when I heard that you were kind of part of that, I'm like, well, that makes sense. He's a furious man <laughs> that writes dark things. And, uh, <laughs> but I never got the whole history that you know, that they were just kids. But you were
1: later, a little later, I I'm think. I'm later. They're all, all those kids are about 10 years older than me.
0: So when you get there, do you seek that out? Are you just like, I'm in Chicago. Did, was it like, do I go to Second City and watch The Clowns or do I go watch The Serious Shit? That's right.
1: It's running around auditioning for different theaters. There's uh-huh. a great theater culture there. There's a great,
0: Great life show. Oh culture. my yeah. God!
1: Yeah, there's 200 storefront yeah. theaters, and they're all doing great, interesting work, and they're all doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, nobody's doing it to get famous. So they're this all... the late 80s. Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Vital. Still vital.
1: And the first show I did in Chicago was uh the Glass Menagerie again. Again. You already knew the line. <laughs> Same part. <laughs> Same part. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> and uh, at Steppenwolf, I did it oh, at my Steppenwolf. God. It was the part of their, uh you know, the shows for high school kids.
0: Oh, so you were like 19, 20? Like I how? was
1: tw- uh, early 20s,
0: yeah. So you, you went in for the Young People auditions? or Pretty much, uh-huh. yeah.
1: Crashed the Young People auditions.
0: And who was directing it? Anybody famous?
1: Francis Guinan. Yeah. A very good actor who's uh, who was in August Osage County, the original cast. Uh-huh. He was directing it, and he cast me in the show.
0: And, and that began your relationship with Steppenwolf?
1: Yeah, though, yeah. I mean, that was... 88 yeah and I they didn't add me to the company till 2002 so there was there's a long
0: well, they really made you work for it
1: <laughs> about as long as they made anybody ever work for it yeah really yeah
0: so what do you do so what how are you persisting then so you get cast at 20 in the Tennessee Williams play at Steppenwolf so you're you know
1: you're like I'm in and then what happens <laughs> then I I'm not in <laughs> And so I have to go work other places. And I worked, uh, you know, again, Chicago yeah. is a great theater town. And right. I was meeting a lot of people, working up at uh, the next theater in Evanston, which is where I met Michael Shannon when Yeah, he was 16 and I was 25. We really? We became friends. Yeah.
0: He was six. He was that young. I can't remember. Like, he was a very, uh, he was kind of intense and aggravated about things when I talked to him. I think he probably told me. That
1: doesn't sound like mine. I
0: know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was totally surprised by it. <laughs> I thought he'd be chipper when he came over and full of focus. He's still a dear friend of mine. He's a lovely guy. I liked, I love talking to him. Yeah. And I just saw him in The Shape of Water. I thought he was great. He's always great. Yeah, he's always great. Yeah, yeah. And I saw him in your movie. I watched that because I talked to Friedkin in here. But we're not we're not there yet. Okay. I want to know. <laughs> Friedkin came in here and talked for two and a half hours. And he had, there there was a theme to it. Like, oh yeah, no. There he's, was, he's there. Were there? There like there, there. There was a through line that you didn't realize yeah. until the end of the conversation. Yeah. that he just laid it out. It was fate. Yeah, fate <laughs> was the through line.
1: Billy can uh, Hurricane Billy. There's yeah. a reason a, they call him Hurricane <laughs> Billy. He's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: just you just sit there and like, oh my god, and everything's connected with him. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of connections. Yeah.
1: Also, a dear friend of mine, lovely man. I'm lovely not saying gentleman. anything
0: bad about the guy. He's <laughs> one of the best episodes. I, is my tone? coming out wrong <laughs> these, these were i was these were impressive conversations great Good. i got a little concerned with michael because i didn't know if he was going to fall into himself and i wouldn't know how to fish him out <laughs> but but i kept him out here
1: well i met him when he was 16 and i was 25 he played my son even though there's nine years difference And i've always looked a little older uh, a couple of uh, one acts called fun and nobody by howard Corder. yeah at the next lab theater and uh, and who was involved in that? Anybody who came out of that? Was that a, a theater company? The Next was a company in Evanston for a long, long time. Yeah. And the Next Lab was the brainchild of a guy named Dexter Bullard, a great theater director in yeah. Chicago. It was basically a, a classroom that he painted black, yeah. seated about 40 people. Yeah. There was a lot of really good work that happened in that huh. space. Mike and I did uh, Fun and Nobody, and then that's where Killer Joe started. How did that, How did did How did that start? Like- uh, well, I found myself with some downtime as an actor in Chicago, yeah. and I and wrote you're 22, yeah, uh, 26, 26, yeah. So,
0: so this is like years after the Glass Menagerie,
1: yeah. A few and years you've been after. kicking around, yeah.
0: And you meet Shannon, yeah. Kindred spirits. This guy seems to have a chip on his shoulder. Me yeah. too,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <All> that's true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wrote this play, yeah. This Kind of horror, uh, horror noir play and uh we put it up at uh, the next lab 40 seat house yeah and it was uh did really well it did did. well yeah
0: there was an intensity to it that's for sure yeah but what inspired that i mean why that story were you were you experimenting or did was it coming from like i always because like i I thought about like I didn't. You remember the movie Joe with Peter Boyle? Sure, <laughs> it's a horrifying movie. Yeah, uh, but your your thing, the the layers of it, it's all it's pretty relentless and, and pretty awful. Yeah, in a good way.
1: You ever seen it in the theater? I have not. See, it's
0: different. It's kind well, of want to see to it? See I can't. The play. What, I, what, I didn't. <laughs> was it out here? Did it I was. Mean, yeah, it played out here. When? Oh, I don't know. A few years ago. Look, I saw Osage in New York <laughs> with Estelle Parsons. Does that mean anything? means a lot all right <laughs> it has
1: nothing to do with whether or not you saw i want to see a
0: high school production of killer Joe. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah it had a certain intensity and was that the first play you wrote
0: yeah and and what now you just you just sat down and did it front you had done enough plays that you sort of knew what needed to be you know what you you just winged
1: it i don't know i had an idea for a story i read a story in the newspaper i was like oh this might make an interesting play i wonder if you could tell a story like this on stage yeah uh you know chicago we were known for mm, pushing the envelope Yeah, smash mouth yeah in your face whatever the hell yeah uh, cliche you want to use sure sure. we were known for that stuff so it was Written in that mold, yeah, the 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 sort of Malkovich fury
0: that, that was, hung over Chicago. I
1: was uh, a troubled, angry. What were you person? pissed off about? I, I have no, don't even, I, I can't even answer the question. Really? I don't know.
0: Yeah, because I thought you would be angrier. You know, like and then like you I, mean I now why? But we get old. I, yeah. Oh no no no! I'm very old now. Fifty two. Yeah. I'm fifty four. Yeah. And I was angrier young as I, when I was younger too. Sure. Like really bad. Yeah. Like, you know, yelling at people.
1: Isn't it silly?
0: Yeah, it is silly in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was all worked up about a lot of <laughs> things that don't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I can track a lot of the anger, you know? But a lot of it I, don't, it, I don't know how, you know, valid it is or what, you know, if it's really, there's any way to empathize with my my entitled anger. Yeah. Do you find that you were angry about like real shit?
1: I, 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 you don't I, know? I, I don't know. I don't know. I was drunk. You know, I I, I got <laughs> yeah. sober about three weeks after Killer Joe uh, premiered. Forever? Yeah.
0: Really? So you were fucked up? Yeah. And you got, you did it the, the old school way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Me too. 18 years.
1: 24 years. All right. See,
0: there we go again. <laughs> you know, maybe, that, maybe we did, we were on the same thing. Similar, similar track. Similar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to jump on me on that one. <laughs> I had a little, little, a little more experimenting to do, as they say in the racket. <laughs> so, all right. So you got sober, like so. But whoa, man how how do you like? It always amazes me when people like hit the wall in their twenties. Yeah, you just knew you're like, oh, this can't. Yeah, go yeah. Uh, I was,
1: I was, you know, hurting a lot of people, hurting myself. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Just got to a point where. It, I mean, thank God, you know. Yeah. I, uh, did
0: you used to smoke too?
1: Hell yeah! Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. He did it all. Marlboro Reds. Yeah, I smoked Marlboro Reds yeah. among
1: other things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all out. Yeah. Sure. And Chicago's a fucking meat and drinking town. Yes, it is. It's just like it's just like everywhere. You just walk down the street, and there should be signs that say "cancer available here," "heart disease." Come on in. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> End yeah. your life in here. Yeah. But I love that place. So I grew to like Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's a great city.
0: So you sobered up, and then uh, how how did that go? Did you you know did well, did you adjust to it? it? Took a while, right?
1: Yeah, it's a process. Yeah, a process. I I'm
0: still in, right? And Every, after yeah. some fashion, sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, but, you, you, the obsession is no longer with you, right. but but whatever you were hiding,
1: <laughs> whatever the, that thing is that makes you become that person to begin with, right? Yeah, still You're there. still that person. Yeah, so.
0: it's awful, itchy, itchy soul. <laughs> aggravated so so wendy so what happens with killer joe
1: well uh everybody in town panned it except for richard christensen in the chicago tribune who championed it so it became a big fat hit wow and ran i mean you know and you moved it to a bigger place we didn't immediately move it to a bigger place we ran there for about eight months and then we raised the money to take the show to the edinburgh festival in scotland yes Oh, he did that. I did that once. I'll never do it again. We took it to the Traverse Theater at yeah. yeah. the Fringe Fest and man, just, killed? Yeah, it just killed. And wow. from there, it went to the Bush Theater in London, which is a great pub theater huh. in London. And from there, it went to the West End and played in the West End for four months. Well, they must, they love
0: American stuff, and that is so brutally fucking bloodily American. Yeah it
1: just they must have been like this is what it's like they loved it and the timing of it, it there in the early 90s mid 90s when it hit the who, timing was really good who originated the role uh in the original production michael shannon uh paul Dillon, uh-huh. a very fine actor played uh killer joe shauna franks holly wantuck mark nelson yeah and then we replaced paul with a guy named eric Reed when we went to uh to london so that was it. That you were a big playwright. Boom, out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, I, I was. I didn't kind of realize that until I went to London, yeah. where the show was happening. I was like, "Oh shit, this is kind of blown up a little bit over here." <laughs> Somebody,
0: I guess. the real deal. You're I'm not even playwright. thirty, and you're the
1: real deal. And there was, uh, we became friendly with a little theater company over there, the Gate Theater in yeah. Notting Hill, and yeah. they said, "Will you write another one for us with your same group of people?" Yeah. So I wrote Bug. I wrote it with Mike in mind. Yeah. We again put together a similar kind of cast, and the play actually premiered in London at the Gate Theatre. Another
0: festering American play, yeah.
1: <laughs> written <laughs> while sober, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, odd, yeah, because yeah. yeah, that one yeah. or well, not? No, not I, that odd. actually that actually makes sense, right? right? Yeah, just coming out of it. Yeah, when everything becomes <laughs> clear, <Yeah. laughs> I see it all now, man.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was continuing to work in theater in Chicago. And Steppenwolf came calling around this time, and they put me in a play called Picasso at the Le Agile by Steve Martin, Uh-huh. which was a big hit for us, and we brought it to Los Angeles. For in, Steppenwolf. Yeah, and ran at the, what is now, the Geffen Playhouse. Ran there for a year.
0: So, but they, they didn't let you in the company yet. You got two hit plays. You're an established playwright. You're like 30 years old. You're sober, and they're like, you want to do a part in the clown's play? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right.
0: And who was running fucking Steppenwolf at that time? And I'm not trying to bait you into getting uh, retroactively aggravated for them making you wait.
1: <laughs> I'm not actually aggravated about yeah, it.
0: I know. Or Why would you? Be? I might
1: have been then, but I don't recall it.
0: Oh, that's good. See, that's age. That's age helping you out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not cursed with these things you people call memories. (laughs) Yeah. They're the worst.
0: It's fun when they leave. I've lived in several different cities. When people walk up to me, they're like, hey, Mark. I'm like, what time frame? Which city? Give me an era, if you could. And did I do anything bad? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What did I do to you? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's always a good question. So, all right. So you do the Picasso play. Is that a good play?
1: That's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. You a were a fun, fun guy, guy. Now that you're sober,
1: I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, but you know, it was a good gig. I yeah. got to you know join the union. I went Equity. Oh, with you that came show. out here. Came out here and joined the union, and had my first real experience in Los Angeles. What and, happened uh, that time? Not much. No, no. Did not you much. did you
0: go? Do you have? A, did you get an agent out here? Or any of yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I went and I, I did a home improvement. <laughs> <You> <laughs> see that? There's there's the question. Now, what happened that day? Like here, you are. West End you Love. know two plays Steppenwolf. you're a respected literary man <laughs> and you're like you go meet an agent and they're like hey you know we, we got a thing where we can send you out on the thing let's yeah. see what happens
1: yeah going on home improvement yeah.
0: and you're like oh.
1: and i did it, it <laughs> of course fun. you did it it was
0: was yeah. oh, that how we're going to that's how it, No
1: it was it was totally i mean it was uh, It was a nice little part yeah. and Tim Allen was a sweetheart Yeah. he was a real sweetheart to yeah. all the people on yeah. the show and so it was a big show it was uh sweet paycheck for me i'd never made a paycheck like that before see that's it right
0: that's the thing yeah how well you did uh what you had a how many a full character arc or just a i had episode? one
1: nice scene i had one nice uh scene playing a kind of eccentric character with his wife uh-huh with, uh, i can't remember her
0: name and that got you into the union and you know everything
1: yeah all that kind of stuff
0: and did you did it what your whistle were you like i'm coming out here I'm going to do more episodic television.
1: Uh I didn't really think of it like that, though that's exactly what happened. Uh-huh. Uh I moved uh I went back to Chicago. Yeah. And did some more plays in Chicago and then me and my girlfriend in Chicago moved out here yeah. in 90 90- Seven in the fall of 97 and I did four years in Los Angeles from 97 to 2001
0: so you did a few plays acting in Chicago you move out with your girlfriend who did not become your wife or no she passed
1: away oh sorry it's alright she passed away about four months after we moved out here oh my god yeah what happened uh, she had a congenital heart condition she had a stroke 32 years old we were both 32 that's horrible yes it was it is Coming up on the 20-year anniversary of that. I'm very conscious of that really? anniversary. Yeah, Of her death? Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, my God. So you had to deal with that.
1: Yeah. And I stayed. I don't, I you know, I stayed in Los Angeles. I, I came out of here. We we lived out here for four months. Yeah. She died. And then I, I don't know, I just didn't, like, going back to Chicago didn't make sense to me. So but I stayed. Did you have friends out here? Yeah. I oh. had quite a few friends from Chicago who had moved out here.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, because like this can be a very lonely, isolating place.
1: It's it, lonely and isolating without... even when you have friends out here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you're dealing with this shock and grief and yeah. like you know mortality thing.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. So I come out here and I did you know more of that stuff. I did a Seinfeld episode. I'm in the Festivus episode yeah. of Seinfeld, right? right. I did. Uh, I did. Uh, profiler yeah i did you know yeah the the district you're working you're getting little parts you're getting little parts doing little guest
0: spots and like who are your friends are they were you surrounded by successful people
1: when you were out here like i was surrounded by really talented people some of whom were working some not but no not no no names that are going to make you go wow yeah i mean mike was starting to starting to work quite a bit as an actor though Certainly, I I don't think people would have recognized him right. walking down the street. It's so like to me, like to, for,
0: to it, you know, there's something impressive yet heartbreaking about the, you know the the evolution of it. You know, you you both ended up great, you know. But to think of like you know like you and Michael Shannon, people who who do very you know specific and and, and amazing work, uh, you know, kind of like hitting the fucking you know the, the 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 streets to to go do little bit parts. I'm glad you made it out. I'm glad you got I'm glad you got to where
1: you got. Thanks. I mean Nick Offerman too. Uh, I mentioned him only because he's yeah. been on your show. Yeah. Nick, uh, you know, that little production we did of Killer Joe in the next lab, Nick built the set. <laughs> he likes to build things, man. <laughs> Nick built the trailer.
0: He's got a whole shop out here. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, he makes no, he's a very talented guy. Yeah, but. he makes he likes making furniture. I think that's what he does now. Almost I don't know if he's <laughs> I think he's, <laughs> he's kinda, out of the business. I, well, I think it might be. He might be just making <laughs> furniture. And I tell you, Tracy. When I hear stories like that, I'm like, "Good for you! Yeah, no shit. You got out <laughs> without the shame, and you're okay with yourself. You got out, and you don't. You not. You don't. You don't consider yourself a failure. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. You did it." That's how I feel sometimes. So, well, so what broke you out here? I mean, what? Because you know, this is this is a four-year period of time in between. You know, writing two great plays, then you do a a Seinfeld, The Profiler, a a Home Improvement. You experience a horrendous loss, and uh, what was it? The the, what made you go write Pulitzer Prize winning play? (laughs) Well,
1: a couple of different things. I, I got in another relationship that went south. Uh, uh you know which is not you didn't pro- drink
0: either did you i
1: didn't drink That's see that's what <laughs> we forgot that part that must have helped you get through i didn't drink uh so i got in a relationship that also went south and at the same time i was just finding that those gigs i was doing they weren't exactly fulfilling fe- <laughs> they weren't feeding the soul mm, imagine um uh, <laughs> i had somebody there was a show they made out of here you might recall it called vip with pamela anderson huh
0: I kind this of recall. I don't know what it was.
1: Follow up to Baywatch. Yeah. Was, I don't know. Pamela Anderson was a spy or yeah. assassin or some right. shit. Right. And this thing was very popular, uh, not in this country. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's yeah. popular elsewhere. Out, it, probably everywhere else. <laughs> so <laughs> the <laughs> residuals were great. Yeah. If you got a V, I I had buddies who if they booked a VIP, it was like, that thing paid off like a slot machine. And you were on it? I was not. I had a couple of buddies who booked it. Yeah. And I got jealous of them. Yeah. And that was the that was the moment where I went, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> VIP. Yeah. It was never supposed to be about this. Right. So when they <laughs> when you heard they got it, you're like, Fuck man. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you
0: get that? <laughs> and you're like, What's happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have to go ride a Peel with Prize winning play. So I got in my car <laughs> and I drove back to Chicago. Yeah, first play I did when I got back was a, a revival of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, that's great. And it was a great which play. Car, which guy did you play? I played Williamson, who runs The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spacey oh. plays him in yeah, the movie, right right. which I've never seen. Pasquese, you know Pasquese, yeah, you guys. He played Ricky Roma. It was a great production. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of my re-entry into Chicago, 2001. And were they all happy you were back? Yeah.
0: Like, that's the great thing about those, uh, like, about cities like Austin and Chicago. When people come back battered from LA or Nashville, they're like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Have a seat.
1: Welcome to the club. That's exactly right. Welcome home. And in fact, a lot of my friends were like, why'd you come back? Seemed like you were doing pretty good out there. Like, no, no, no. Uh, VIP. (laughs) I could tell you the story, the VIP story. (laughs) So, Steppenwolf asked me to join the company. Oh. A lot of their people had left, right? A lot uh, of that original group, they had all left for Los Angeles and New York. They did they all... set
0: it up like that? Is that how they offered you the job? Hey, we're at it, guys.
1: They, and Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, they, because it came with a it came with a condition yeah. uh, when they added me. They said, we want you to stay in town. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, I'm not looking to leave. Oh, that's great. So they said, stay here in Chicago and we'll put you in the company. I said, great. What does it mean to be in the
0: company? Does that mean that they will give you work? Consistently, yeah. Basically, like you yeah. know, we're going to find plays for you to do and yeah. keep you eating, and you if know, you commit to staying here,
1: you'll you'll be as involved as you want to be. Right? And who was I, running it then? Martha Levy,
0: uh huh. The and, late
1: Martha Levy passed uh-huh. away. Uh,
0: and this last year, oh, uh, was this after they moved to the bigger space? Obviously, yeah. Now, did you ever start a theater troupe? Were you did you ever start a group? Yeah, I started a couple of groups. What uh, were they?
1: they were small short-lived uh a little a company called point theater yeah. company in chicago and also a, a little improv group i didn't start it i was part of an improv group there called bang bang with michael shannon and uh paul dylan and uh a lot of other people yeah chicago
0: people uh, yeah. was it i think that there wasn't amy uh P- pates in that amy amy pates pates yeah yeah Yeah, she was uh, on an episode of my show. She did a lot of work out here. She did. Uh, She's very good. Yeah, she did an episode of Marin. However, she's great. Yeah, she is. All right, so those didn't stick, obviously. You did, but it was an improv. So what kind of improv? Like comedy improv?
1: We were, well, I suppose, yeah, though we were all people from the theater. We were trying to bring some of our theater stuff into the world of But not, But not like Second
0: City. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were, like, improvs would be derailed with crying and... Violence? <laughs> uh,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. That's a pretty good description. Uh, that's how we're going to do comedy? I, I can say that uh, so, uh, certainly some of the worst and some of the best things I've ever seen in a theater took place uh, while doing what well,
0: But improv is pretty freeing, though. It's got to be helpful. I mean, you're learning how to act during through all this, too. You're winging it. Yeah. You weren't ever given any real guidance, were right, you?
1: Right. And then when I went back in 2001, Dave and TJ started up you know david pasquese and tj Jagodowski. they started yeah. their two-man improv show uh-huh some of the best improv i've ever seen the best improv i've ever seen in my life and then occasionally they would ask me to come and sit in with them
0: and it was yeah. great for an improv jam
1: yeah for uh, one of they would just get bored right they'd be like we're bored can you come and
0: you uh, like you know, improving?
1: I, I love it with those guys because they're so fucking good yeah. it's like you can't fuck it up
0: yeah yeah i,
1: I could only fuck it up so bad
0: right but but the, it may, it amazes me sort of like, because like, when I talked to Lori about Steppenwolf, none of them had any, there was no guru on, you know, like like all those improvisers in, in Chicago had Del Close around. Right. Right. But like with Steppenwolf, and it seems with you that, you know, you sort of found your way into the acting gig. Yeah. It wasn't like there was no guru. There was no Buddha. There was no, this is how you do it. Right. That's <laughs> kind of fascinating. That's Doesn't right. It, does it fascinate you? Or do you think you cheated? Cheated? Oh, no i mean the, I... <laughs> no in the sense that like you know there's a real racket in in training you you know what i mean that right that, that usually whether it's a teacher or somebody that you, you know gave you some tips
1: oh i think training probably would have given me so many shortcuts that yeah. i had to take the long way around to figure out you know i yeah. don't knock training just right. because i didn't have it right uh, yeah but I mean, no there was no guru necessarily right. i mean what there was there were a lot of great actors around me and right. we were all challenging each other right you know, everybody was challenging each other to to up your game and yes that's, that that's that was true of chicago then it's true of chicago now it's
0: the second time i've heard it you know it's like that that's what that's what it was yeah it's like what do you got yeah let's go that's right and sorry right, so now you're a member of steppenwolf i
1: knew dell by the way i he did he stepped into picasso at the la panagile for a while i got a chance to do the show with dell for a while. yeah pick his brain about, you know, some of the you old learn? stories Anything? and stuff. No, he was just a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, crazy, I have no,
0: no sense of that. him. I, I like I had to learn about that whole scene like, I got come from the stand up uh, history. So like through this show and through, you know, because like, there's been a big shift in in comedy and show business, at, you know, out of stand up centric shows to to sort of like, you know, sketch performers and Chicago kind of, oh. you know, overtook New York in terms of its importance in modern comedy history. Interesting. Well, it was always sort of there, you know, with SNL and the Lampoon people, but right. whatever. But I didn't know much about it. And this Del Close, he was a real Buddha, that guy.
1: Yeah, he really was.
0: So you're in Steppenwolf now so you're doing you're working you're in Chicago
1: and so now not as drinking a, as a playwright I'd had two shows yeah and I wrote a third show man from Nebraska it was called and so suddenly I had a little bigger uh
0: what was that one about I don't know that play
1: man from Nebraska is a play about a middle-aged guy from Nebraska who wakes up uh, he's an insurance salesman kind of a boring guy who wakes yeah. up in the middle of the night and realizes he doesn't believe in God and starts a kind of uh, leaves home and yeah. looks for himself a little bit. That's what it was about. And uh, it was 2003, and it was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Wow.
0: They tell you that, huh?
1: Yeah. The, you know what? They don't tell you before yeah. you lose it. Right. They call you, and they say, congratulations, you lost. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was close, man. Yeah. It was close. I didn't even know I was <laughs> a Yeah, yeah. Who won that year? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I know this. Uh, I am my own wife. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who wrote that? Doug Wright. Uh Uh-huh. Very gifted playwright from Dallas, Texas. Wow. Yeah. So you were like, I should have stayed in Dallas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have left
1: Dallas. (laughs) And then, uh, so I was doing two or three shows a year in Chicago. Acting. I mean, you know, Mark, when I left Los Angeles and went back to Chicago, I really took a a vow of poverty, right? I knew what I had left in Chicago. You can't make any money in Chicago. Yeah. And so I knew I was going back to act in the theater. I yeah. knew I was giving up on you know, the, that big VIP money. And mm-hmm. uh, that stature. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was just like, uh, I was so much happier. I had been so much happier in Chicago doing plays Oh, this, I was this, out in this, Los is, Angeles.
0: Yes, this is a soul-crushing dump. Uh, just a <laughs> fucking soul-crushing spiritual garbage hole. <laughs> this is what he, anyone well, that's
1: one way to... <laughs> To say it, <laughs>
0: If you don't have to stay here. Jesus, get out! <laughs> so just filled with people, with people rationalizing that why that family they have to be
1: with there. where all the kids are chained up is that near here? It's right across the street.
0: <laughs> Didn't you see that house? I knew those kids. I knew there was something wrong. It's weird. You know what I mean? Did you read that the the pets were really well fed? Uh, all the dogs
1: did. were really well fed. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's time for a new play. <laughs> You got It's too upsetting. That's too upsetting. <laughs> That's too upsetting. <laughs> Have you seen Killer Joe?
1: <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then yeah. I wrote August Osage County, and, and then which changed my life, which was.
0: Now, when you're doing that, writing that great play, like, because to me, like, you know, I felt the presence of, you know, O'Neill, Tennessee Williams, Sam Shepard a little bit in the sense of, like, you know, what you were embarking on classic family tragedy, really, right? Yeah now like who were your your models did you just imp- it must have taken a certain amount of time and structure and decision making and running bits and pieces what's the process of writing a a, a pulitzer prize winning play like that
1: it's long slow process did
0: i name any of your heroes
1: you, na- you named them all i oh. mean they, they are all my heroes uh uh you know it's based on a true story my grandfather committed suicide by drowning when i was 10 years old yeah my grandmother descended into years of downer addiction yeah you know put my mother especially but my whole family through hell so it's based very much on that you know something that had stuck with me for 30 years right i mean your grandfather drowns himself did you know him yeah i knew him him well uh You know, when I first started writing it, I, I called my dad to ask him some, some details. Of, I just had forgotten a lot of the stuff. You know, I was yeah. 10 years old. Right. And I, he, he was very helpful with all that. And then he said, why are you writing about this? Yeah. And I said, well, I, it seems like the stuff of drama and uh, the events from that time have haunted me for 30 years. And he said, they have? <laughs> <laughs> Never occurred to her.
0: Yeah, but it's wild, right? When your grandfather ends his own life and you know that at 10, it's, yeah. that's got to you know, that's a big hole.
1: Well, one of the things that happens in August of yeah. County, right, is parents take their eye off the ball. Yeah, right. You know, my, my folks were, they were great parents. I loved right. my folks. We were yeah. very close. Yeah. But that was a time when, you know, circumstances being what they are, <laughs> uh, they probably took their eye off the ball. Of probably parenting? Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would say they took their eye off the ball. You, you
0: got to walk a kid through that. <laughs> why, why, Grandpa yeah. killed
1: himself? Yeah, I mean just the just the the mental images of my grandfather underwater. You know, it was so. It's such a lonely Ugh. way to die. You just know, Just floating there. Yeah, in the middle of the night, takes a boat out in the middle of the night and jumps into the middle of the fucking lake in the middle of the night. And but with no weights on him or nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, just chooses not to swim. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That's commitment, yeah.
0: And now, is the emotional elements and relationship dynamics
1: are they sort of true to life from that play? Some, you know, some of it's created, some of it's borrowed, some of it's mm-hmm. from from real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the process of putting all that together is long, slow, painstaking, kind of boring. Actually, I mean, boring to describe. Uh, But did you
0: have a sense of like you obviously had a sense of structure from doing plays, sure. You know, like you know, act breaks and you know this, and you knew you were writing a big three act thing, yeah. Like you know, with a lot of heaviness.
1: Well, I had the story, yeah, and then the question becomes, what's the right container for that story? Yeah, I was like, oh, the big American. Family drama is the right container for that story, right?
0: Going was, back to O'Neill and, yeah. and Tennessee Williams. Yeah. Buried yeah.
1: Child, kind of. All that stuff.
0: Yeah, the dad stuff. All yeah. that stuff. And, well, you know,
1: there are little reflections of those plays throughout August, Osage County, and other stuff, too. You right. Know, they're, they're, that's, that's all intentional. I, I hope it is. Somebody told me once I had... Uh, Stolen Something from the Little Foxes by yeah. Lillian Hellman. I had never even read the Little Foxes.
0: It's funny but- how people are just like, you know, you know the, the talentless scavenge for reasons to attack people with talent.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just yeah, like, well. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard someone use that word. You think you're so smart? It's like, what do you do? Don't worry about me. I... I, I, I. I did a thing once, <laughs> so, well, that's a, like because it was a it was a mind blowing thing. I didn't I didn't really feel like it was um, y- y- you know, hacking off anybody else. I mm-hmm. thought it was its own thing, and in that it was this horrible family drama. But I I could feel that arc the way that you know that the way it ends with what is it just just two characters yeah after you just subtract people yeah (laughs) one way or the other people are subtracted right (laughs) that there's that weird emotional desolation you know that it it ends with a indigenous person right yeah 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 that's the that's where it ends (laughs) look look what you did you came and went yeah well, I mean, with Shepard in the movie, you wrote the script for the movie? I
1: did. Did you have anything
0: to do with casting?
1: No. Uh-huh. No. I mean, you know. Were you on set? I was there for the table read. I was there first day. Did you talk to
0: Sam? Out. Had you talked to Sam before?
1: I had never talked to Sam before. It was the only day I ever spent with Sam. And I have to say that at the table read, he was the only one I was nervous about.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because your dad had played it.
1: Yeah. And I wasn't, I just nervous to be around him. I mean, I wasn't starstruck by Merrill or, you know, right, Mr. Sure.
0: Clooney or. Uh, well, you've been through some shit by now, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But Sam, I was, Sam could have hurt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. If Sam had said the wrong thing at the wrong moment. He would have hurt me. And uh, he didn't do that. In fact, in the moment that he might have done that, he actually did the right thing and said some really lovely, gracious things about my piece in front of everybody. It was like, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget him for that. He could have hurt you. Yeah. That's
0: right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. By not saying anything. Sure. I mean, that would have hurt in a way. There's a lot of projection
0: could have happened. You (laughs) you were just a vulnerable white, no matter what you could have done to defend yourself, there was nothing you could have done. It was, you just, yeah. And it worked out. Right. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I had a hard time going through that story just now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all, I'm all choked up that it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) holy shit so he liked the piece he did like the piece yeah he liked it a lot
1: he got kind of sparse later in terms of his writing yeah i know and when he died you look at the list and it's like it's over 50 plays so many i've written nine what's what's holding you up it's hard (laughs) it's fucking hard (laughs) (laughs) And, and acting is easier well sometimes oftentimes have Unless you, you're doing something really hard, yes, acting's easy. But the, I thought the film was
0: good. I thought they did a good job with it. Who directed that? John Wells. Did you like it?
1: It was complicated. Mm. It was complicated. But it I wasn't mean, a disaster. No, it wasn't a disaster. It's always And I'm be glad difficult. it's out there. I, I'm glad it's out there. But I had a I had a hard time with the producers. I had a hard time with Harvey. Uh, oh, you worked with him? Well, I, I wouldn't call it that. Yeah. But yeah, we... we he was on the project yeah I, I can't
0: imagine what uh what it would be like to, to have a play become a movie uh, it shouldn't simple. happen it really shouldn't happen well then why'd you let freaking do two of them
1: well i you know i'll tell you why because i grew up in a small town in oklahoma and i i didn't have access to streetcar named desire yeah and who's afraid of virginia Woolf? or shakespeare right my access to that shit was through the movies yeah I wouldn't have been able to see that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, there's some kid in southeastern Oklahoma right now who's, you know, home watching Killer Joe. Yeah. And it speaks to him. Right. That's true. Uh, and and Bug in August Osage yeah. County. They, they they can't afford to go to New York and pay a hundred dollars for a theater ticket to see it on Broadway. So, or, or
0: or wait for it even to come locally. That's right.
1: And yeah. Killer Joe and Bugger are not playing locally. Yeah. in southeastern Oklahoma. In the, so you
0: know, no one's doing them in high school. So that's
1: why. Yeah. I've always felt like you know they're they're. It's not the same experience. Right. When I say it's complicated, that for me is really the the. Right. That's the that's why it's complicated because I don't think films uh, should can be do. made what? out of plays
0: or they can they can't do what theater does. No. But but I thought that Friedkin r- r- knew that. I think he respected it, you know, and I think he tried to do something. They're
1: they're William Friedkin movies. Yeah. You know, which is great. I'm thrilled that there are a couple of William Friedkin movies that are based on play. my plays. Yeah. I'm thrilled right. about that. They're not the play. They're well, have yeah, been these uh, movies,
0: yeah. And they it, like Altman tried to do that. He tried to do it in a way that would honor the theater, and it never quite works.
1: It doesn't work. Yeah, the experience is different in yeah. a theater. You have to lean forward and you see, it. You have to pay attention. You have to tune your ear. Yeah, and you and know, they
0: shit might happen. He's done get...
1: studies recently that show that audiences. uh hearts are actually syncing up during live plays really is that <laughs> yes, true? that's true that's a that's an actual thing huh uh, there's something about the group experience watching a play that's very different than watching a, there's a reason you can watch a movie in your basement or your you know you, there's a reason you can eat popcorn and watch a movie you can't sure. eat popcorn and watch a play no because they would be, be mad at you well <laughs> It also just requires a certain investment on. The part yeah,
0: of the I, I'm 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 I don't go to enough, but when I do, I'm always like in, uh, immediately emotionally all jangled. Yeah, because like the the whole space of it, they can see people spitting and feel them breathing and hear the feet dragging on the boards. is like it fantastic? It, yeah, it's
1: fantastic.
0: It's great, and it, it it's like it it shouldn't be uh, it should be required. Not like you know like, oh is there does is it good is it a good production of that yeah
1: <laughs> yes Who, who's in it oh i haven't seen him in 20 years right. so from tv <laughs> <Yeah>. right
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so what so you're working on a play
1: what are you working on writing one right now yeah i've had three plays come out in the last two years what are you yelling at me for i, I, I didn't know that not yelling <laughs> i got a microphone
0: it's my DDL. mistake it's my mistake you've had three plays come out in the last three years new ones yeah and i missed them
1: well they haven't been in new york they've only been in chicago where i still live and where i'm still a member of steppenwolf theater
0: so are they are they done are you workshopping are they you they're know, done they're they going had to full
1: productions uh the first of those three is called mary page marlowe yeah and it is going to be at uh, second stage theater in new york this summer oh good the second of those places is called Linda Vista and I think it's going to be here in Los Angeles yeah. in about a year. Yeah. The third of those places is called The Minutes and we're trying to get it to Broadway. We're not there yet, but we're trying.
0: So like that's amazing. So you're 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 a playwright. You're you you keep going.
1: I've been a playwright for a long time, man.
0: I know that, dude, <laughs> but I see you in movies, you're funny, you're doing the thing, you know, you're well, doing here's some what comedy. Happened, you're doing some serious, you're mixing it up. Become so, an American character actor.
1: Now we have to get back to the timeline. So August Osage County happens, and then I wrote Superior Donuts, which was also on- I
0: auditioned for that uh, TV Broadway. show. Yeah,
1: Did you audition for the TV show?
0: Yeah, I didn't quite. I turned it
1: down. Oh, you turned it down. <laughs> yeah.
0: They get, they wanted me to read for Judd's part, and I'm like, I'm too young to be this guy. Huh. It's a, And it's like, it doesn't seem like a role for me. You know, like I want to be the cranky Jewish bigot. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know I don't have anything to do with the TV I
0: know show. I know, I know. So, I, I'm know. i sure the play was better
1: uh, play is
0: different it's di- okay <laughs> it's diplomatic very diplomatic okay go ahead so, superior so and then
1: uh, and then I acted in a, a production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at Steppenwolf that went to Broadway it probably doesn't go to Broadway without August Osage County but because of August I don't know there was some God in- you, and you you, you must have killed in that part so I did that. It's a great part. It's a great part. And it was a terrific George, production right? play, yeah. And you won a Tony, right? I did. That's great. And then from that's that's why I started doing all this film and T V. Alex Gonza, who created Homeland, saw me on Broadway. He asked me to do Homeland. Yeah. That's a, That a, was good though. You probably got, had a little meat to it, didn't it? I did a couple of seasons of Homeland yeah. and that's kinda of led to all this other shit I've been doing. Yeah. But you like it. I'm having a time of my life. It's fantastic. I, you're talking about a guy who couldn't get on VIP. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It that all comes crazy. around. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. I, But I quit acting on stage. That's why I've had time to write plays and be in movies and TV shows. Because I've acted on stage eight shows a week, three shows a year for 30 fucking years. You know? Yeah. so.
0: So you you don't do it anymore? It's conscious I decision? haven't done it
1: in about four years.
0: Because of the time commitment or just because it's too exhausting or what? It's
1: too hard. It's yeah. too, yeah, it's hard and yeah. exhausting and yeah. just beats you up. And
0: yeah. It's so interesting to me that, like, because you have, like, you're in a lot of stuff right now. I just watched a season opener of Divorce. You were very funny in that show. Thank last you. season. This season, that was funny. Funny is a funny character. I remember you in the Elvis movie. That was sort of an interesting movie, and you were not, kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> and then,
1: <laughs> don't knock yourself out. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, because it's one of those movies where it's like, is this a comedy? What are we doing here?
1: Mike called me and asked me to come down and do that thing.
0: No, I right. like the movie. Yeah, but it, like, it, I wouldn't call it a comedic part. For you know, there's beats to it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I thought you were great in it, but the movie's one of those in between movies, right? kind of I mean it is a comedy in a way yeah but and uh, then uh the post is not that's not a comedic part that was a great part serious like I'm just what I'm what I'm doing for my audience <laughs> Tracy yes is is establishing you as a character actor I see. with a lot of range
1: I see you've done it you're I'm doing not, an excellent job I'm Ted. not I'm not belittling you <laughs> it's clear this is not your first time in the garage <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but
0: and the lovers I like that movie too thanks. A, 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 he's an interesting director and that was a, an interesting movie I loved it I had yeah great you time. had a good time right I had a great time
1: and uh, I've were... been having a great time doing all of this oh, and
0: Christine too I saw that Christine, movie I don't think really anyone good. saw that movie nobody you know, saw it it's a
1: great movie because it's devastating it is devastating it's really good
0: it was a, like I watched it on a plane and I, and I wanted to I wanted out yeah I wanted
1: <laughs> it off the plane <laughs> yeah it's a tough film but really good
0: and that was a serious role that yeah. wasn't a fuck around role yeah She's a good actress.
1: She's a great actress.
0: Interesting movie, but there is no way that,
1: you
0: know, know, put yourself through that that movie.
1: (laughs) We used to put ourselves through that movie all the time. It was fun. We liked it. You remember sure. the seventies? Sure. You were alive,
0: kind of. I was young, but yeah, that's true. That's true. That's Did your true. folks
1: take you to those tough movies? Of course, when you were of a kid? course.
0: My grandparents took 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 me to Deliverance. Way too young.
1: Ah, I don't know why. Nice. See, my folks took me to Serpico. I think I was six. Oh uh-
0: man, <laughs> oh man. Where they? The only movie
1: up. they ever took me out of was Taxi Driver, and it's because we were. I was ten. Yeah. and We were in a drive-in. Yeah. And the folks started to get uncomfortable. Oh my god! You know, when Jodie Foster showed up, it's like we need to go.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember there was a couple movies there. Like I just remembered another one that nobody saw that I saw too much of was a movie called Prime Cut. It was like a Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman, Lee yeah. Marvin, yeah. Sissy
1: Spacek. Yes, fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I just remember when I, when I was a kid when the, the the they brought the package of sausages over
1: <laughs> and said that was so and so. And I, like that right? stuck with and me, and the and the the naked women in the in the pens. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, they were like yeah. on a fa- like in a yeah, fa- did you in mean, a stock, stock yeah, It was situations? crazy
0: movie. I don't even tough, know what tough film. I don't even remember what it was about.
1: Well, it's about Lee Marvin. He's a gangster. But I is mean, it he's competing a...
0: slaughterhouses yeah, or something yeah. weird. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> the meat business.
1: I don't. It was about America, baby. Yeah, That's man. what it was That's about. Right. It all comes back to that.
0: This is where Killer Joe comes from. Prime Cut.
1: I didn't think anyone remembered that movie. Oh, sure. When was the last time you saw that movie? Not that long ago. Really? Yeah. Why? I think I showed it to my wife. I think she hadn't seen it. I was like, oh, you got to see this.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I own it.
1: I own a copy of you Prime Cut. You do? Copy. Oh, yeah. I got to watch it again. You own a copy on yeah. on
0: what? Blu-ray? They didn't put that on Blu-ray. Yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, something. VHS, something. <laughs> it's on a disc. <laughs> maybe you digitized it? That's how much you like that movie. I had a Betamax tape. And I didn't want to lose it. <laughs> so, but but uh, the and and also in uh, obviously Lady Bird, which is I think probably why you're here on some level. <laughs> This is part of that junket? I
1: thought you said you've been trying to get me on here I for have. years. I have. And now you say that I'm on here. Why are you here? Lady why Bird? are
0: you in Los Angeles? <laughs> Wait, why? You know, I'm what here for I the sp-
1: SAG Awards
0: tomorrow night. For what?
1: Best ensemble for well, Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you yelling at me again?
0: I've been trying. Would do you want me to come to Chicago? <laughs> it, it sit at a sausage place and great, talk to you? Great city. I'd love it. <laughs> I've been going there a lot. I, I, it, it was a like I didn't know Chicago until the last few years, and now I've gone there a lot. I've taped uh 'cause because you made it, easy there. Yeah, a little before that too. I taped a comedy special there at the at the Virgil. Is that it? The uh, the Vic? The Vic. Yeah, the Vic. Yeah. I've been going, but yeah, I taped easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, and
1: now you know I got to know it a you little. We're bit. great in that thing too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I like doing that. The improv thing. I, I. Uh... That first season, I haven't seen the second season. That first season of Easy did such a nice job of capturing our city, I feel. He loves it, Swanberg. Do you know him? I don't know him. I know who he is. You should reach out to him. I don't know him personally. He's a good guy. You should do uh, one of his movies.
0: He just gets a guy, and he'll follow you around with a camera. (laughs) And you wouldn't even know you're making a movie. And then he'll call you a couple hours. I don't know that I want that to happen. (laughs) It's time. It's time. So when... But the range that you exhibit is 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 sort of fascinating to me because in in Ladybird, you're you're sort of the the the, guy, the good guy. Yeah, here the you know what I mean. And and you and Lori, like because I asked her about it, and she it was the first time you worked together, and you've known each other forever. Yeah, so you know it must have been amazing. That was great fun to work with her.
1: I've been really lucky in that some really good stuff has come my way. Greta sent me the script out of the blue and asked me to do this thing. She had, uh, we did a movie together called yeah. Wiener Dog, a Todd Solon's movie. Right, it was,
0: it was the one I didn't see.
1: And we're in different vignettes, so we yeah. didn't work together on the film. I met her at the premiere at Sundance. Yeah. And at the party, which was a terrible party. Yeah. Uh, uh, my wife and I chatted with Greta for 15 or 20 minutes, and that's when she realized I was an old softie. That's that's why she sent me the script. She's like, yeah. "Oh, you're an old I, didn't, I thought you were a hard ass from TV. You're an old softy." So she called and asked me to do that thing. It was just, and that's, man, I would sign up for that gig every day. Are you kidding? To yeah. to, to have Greta and Lori and Sershia running the show, and I'm just sitting in the next room reading the newspaper. I'm happy. That's the way it should be. <laughs>
0: What you, now? When you so, I, I love the movie and I and I liked all you you people that were in it. Thanks. Um Though we're going to lose that award tomorrow night.
1: Why? I think three billboards is going to win it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. What what does an ensemble mean? How how often do you all have to be engaging together? I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I, three billboards is an interesting movie. It's it's an it's a it's a bit of an abstraction. Yeah. Where your movie is not. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder. Are you worried about it?
1: Uh, not really.
0: No. <laughs> what uh, What was I going to say? Now, as an actor, what do you find? Give me some pointers. Why do you look shocked? I mean, like, what? How? What is your craft based on? Do you just show up and you make choices based on the script? Yeah. And that's it.
1: I put on the clothes and, and I pretend to be the guy, and I don't know how to do it any other way. <laughs> and then
0: occasionally, you go like, "Is am I doing the guy right?"
1: Yeah, is this the guy? Yeah. Or occasionally they come up and they go, "That's not quite the guy." I say, you tell me what it is. Yeah. Because yeah, you they just tell did... me, and I You'd be a little more aggravated. I, I was doing an episode of Homeland, and Carrie, my wife, was visiting the set. Yeah. And she. I said, "I'm glad you're here because I want to experiment. Because I hadn't worked on camera that much, in yeah. A little PC things over the years, and I said, I want to try an experiment. I said, do me a favor and watch me on the monitor, yeah. And so I, I did a take where I, you know, acted, yeah. And then the next take, I intentionally didn't do any. I was just like sucked all the feeling out of my body, just like this person without salt yeah, in yeah. their body, yeah. And did the scene." <laughs> And uh, when it was over, I said, which was better? And she said, Oh, the second one was better. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's the lesson.
0: <laughs>
1: Don't do anything.
0: <laughs> so, what is it like being married to uh, an, another actor? Fantastic. How long has that been?
1: Four, four plus years.
0: Oh, wow. And you appreciate each other's work.
1: Yeah. And like, do, do you have you worked together a lot? Uh, we did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf together. She played your wife? No. She played the younger uh, Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, I did an adaptation of Three Sisters, mm-hmm. the Chekhov's Three Sisters. She did that. And she was in my play Mary Page Marlowe last year. And then we just did The Post. So yeah. we've worked together a few times.
0: How is it being on the Spielberg set?
1: Scary. Yeah. I was scared. Yeah. Yeah. Intimidating. Yeah.
0: yeah. Things move fast, right? There's
1: Meryl and there's Tom and there's, you know, Steven behind the camera. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like I, I, you know, I make a Jaws joke and I was like, shit, Jesus, I, you know, I was 10 when Jaws came out, you know, that's- Life changer. You know. Yeah. I was like, shit, I grew up watching these movies.
0: That's right. We're about the same age. I think that Jaws, you know, had a, a fairly traumatic effect on me. It yeah. Fucked me up forever. Right. I can't swim at night. You know, sh- sharks don't actually want to eat you. It's yeah. It's taken not... me a long time to realize Especially that. Especially not in pools. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even go in a fucking pool. <laughs> it's not going to go in the water, dude. It's nighttime.
1: You're be right, especially in pools.
0: <laughs> well, shit, man. This is great talking to you. Same here. Um, are you going to parties tonight? Fuck no. Do you think the food's going to be better than the Critics' Choice? Because I saw your Critics' Choice, and I was going to say something, but I realized that I didn't the know. The food you.
1: is not going to be any worse than at the Critics' Choice. <laughs> Inedible,
0: but it was funny because I did see you, and I'm like, "That's Tracy Letts. I should go over there and do what? <laughs> like, what am I going to do?"
1: Well, you also you couldn't get out of your seat once the thing started because you don't know when You're your too category far away. is coming up. You can't get over to somebody else. Yeah.
0: My category wasn't even on the televised part. It was before. I
1: had the ladybird table to the yeah. side of me, and I had the post table over there somewhere. Right. So I sat at the Fargo table because my wife was up for Fargo, so that seemed to be the right. Right, nice, right, yeah, diplomatic yeah. we yeah. to go with it. Yeah, I. But we were doing double digit losing, double fisted losing. Everybody's our losing. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, if yeah, you weren't with lost. Big Little eyes yeah, or Shape of Water, you were losing. Yeah, night.
0: or the uh, marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, going down. But all right, well, good luck tomorrow night. Thanks. Uh, maybe I'll see you over there, and we'll we'll, we'll have,
1: probably be at tables where we can't. See we'll
0: each say hello because here's the weird thing with me is like I think a lot of people. They just, they don't register, like, if you don't really know this show or whatever, what we're doing here, I'm just a guy, you know, like, I went to some guy's garage, you know, apparently it's a popular thing. And, like, I think, like, people don't know. But, like, because I saw the only person, like, Greg has been on my show. I've talked to all these people. I've talked to all
1: these people. Right.
0: You know, of all different levels. That's the high point, right? Yeah, Obama,
1: yeah. That's got to be the high point. Right? Definitely, well, it
0: was an exciting day, okay. but was it the best conversation I've ever had? No, but it was an exciting day, and it was pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. No Did you doubt. reach
1: out to him? Did he reach out to you?
0: You want, you want me to text him? <laughs> <laughs> no, kidding. Uh, no, it was like it, they reached out. His staff reached out uh, about a year before, and it just sort of evolved. The conversation evolved, and, and then it happened, you know, and it was like it was a big deal, big yeah. deal good president there's yeah. never everything everything's n- it's never going to be like that again
1: no i'm afraid not the pendulum swings
0: yeah i but i i think it's going to break after this i think <laughs> it's going to break but uh but what i was saying was like you know so i see people at the thing and i don't know how to you know because i saw w- willem defoe just have me walking by me and yeah i had just talked to him in he here been in here. Yeah. yeah yeah and i looked at him and he looked at me like with that moment of sort of like eh, who is it and then it was like uh that guy. And now I'm projecting, but, you know, it was awkward. So then I realized, like, I'm not saying hi to fucking anybody who's been in my garage. Because I'm just... Oh, that's sad. Mm.
1: I would hope you would say hi to me if well, I saw yeah, you This in the was thing. a different experience. <laughs> Do you know, because like, I think... I hope we see each other tomorrow night so I could just give you like the worst snub you've ever gotten.
0: Well, in my mind, maybe it's my, uh, maybe I'm projecting. In my mind, I think that people just see me as the guy that does the interviews in the garage, you know, and, and they're, 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 well, they're not paying attention.
1: I don't pay very careful attention to right. the world, yeah. but I know who you are okay. uh, beyond the guy in the garage. All right, well, that's I've it. seen you on your TV yeah. show. Yeah. I know you're a stand-up. Yeah, I know you did this. Yeah, uh, all right. A, all right. The so, easy. I, there's a the whole you okay. and Louis CK. I know. who yeah. You yeah. know. I know who the fuck you are. Okay. All right. Well, I wasn't indicting you,
0: and I and I now I feel better because really what I was just trying to do is make it okay for me to say hi to you
1: tomorrow night. Absolutely, you should <laughs> say hi. Please say hi. Uh, thanks for talking. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure.
0: Okay, so to that was Tracy Wetz. And to to complete the story, uh, you know, when I went to the SAG Awards, I went thinking that I could maybe maybe talk to Tracy Wetz, maybe have these interactions that I didn't think I could have because he made me feel like I should have them. And I didn't know if it was going to happen. And I wasn't going to go run up, find him. But uh, I went uh, before the event started, I went to the restroom just to check my hair, actually, and wash my hands. I didn't have to pee. And I walked in the restroom and who's washing his hands? Tracy Letts. And I see him. And then he sees me in the mirror standing by where I walked in. And it's pretty full of people. And I go, so this is where it happens. This is where it happens. Tracy Letts. This is it. He turns around, and he's laughing, and uh, and I'm like, "This, see, we're doing it. We're at meet, we're talking, we're having this event." And and he hugged me. I can't quite remember if it was in the bathroom or not. I'd like to think it was, but I think it might have been when we walked out. So so I got closure on that, and I feel a little more confident and comfortable in approaching people that I've talked to on this show at award shows as as a relative equal. Thank you for that, Tracy and Thank you for coming on the show. If you I, you're not listening. You're not listening. And that, that whole table, people, sh- they, they sat pretty close to me, the Ladybird people. And I had to deal with Lori Metcalf because Lori, who I love, left her favorite hoodie here, her Steppenwolf hoodie, and she needed it for a photo shoot. And that's where that, t- that started to happen. I had to keep going back because I didn't get the name in the phone. So not only did I talk to people, but I annoyed them. I mean, like, I went and got Lori Metcalf's phone number, and they were sitting at the award show, and this was on a break, and I, I just wanted to make sure I could get her the hoodie in New York. I wanted to have her number. Huh, it was relatively complicated. But I had to go back two or three times because I kept fucking my phone up. But she got the hoodie and she sent me a nice card and re- and recompensate- and compensated me for the money I put out to FedEx it. It was a nice, funny card thanking me with two 20s in it, just like my grandma used to send me. All right, that's it. That's our show, No Guitar. Boomer Lives!